What's up, filmmakers and moviegoers? Welcome back to the Easy Podcast. <laughs> I'm Zach. And this is Eric. Man, that's uh, buttery smooth there on that I'm intro. just trying to be more like you. <laughs> well, uh, what are we talking about this week, Eric? Because a lot has happened in the last oh, week. Man, oh, man. Yeah. In the world of producers and in and, and productions, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a little less on the gear side this week, although we have one little thing. But yep. Yeah, we had two two very gear heavy weeks, and now it's kind of kind of gossipy. I don't want to get that route. I don't yeah. want to go that way. I mean, there might be a pinch of that. I I want to steer. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll try and give as many facts as they are available to us. At least sure. on a couple things, because who knows what really happens in those rooms, right. those boardrooms. Uh, I mean, it, it's the only people that know are the people in that room. Right. So everything we're hearing is second hand, third hand, fifth hand sometimes. Right. So yeah. uh I guess we'll what we're what we're talking about is Spider Man. And I'm rocking my Miles yeah. Morales Spider Man into the Spider Verse T which as is, we're having this which conversation. Is the best Spider Man movie ever made. I You're not say. wrong. Yeah. Um and made by the company that a lot of people are giving a lot of flack to, which I well, don't know if it's it's not yeah warranted at you, all uh yeah i mean i want to suspend judgment i like you said i don't want this to become gossipy and pointing fingers and uh, and judging however as a fan he says however <laughs> immediately after that um so if you're not if you're not familiar with what we're talking about you might not be paying attention to the internet or anything all socially it. related um but disney and um sony came to an impasse in the negotiations for the next round of spider-man and apparently yeah um they have decided that they just couldn't couldn't agree on anything um and their Spider-Man is not going to be a part of the MCU going forward. At least that's the way it sits right now. Yeah, so the details that we have that sound like are pretty spot on. There there were some initial ones where it was like Disney wanted 50% of all the profits or whatever. I guess that wasn't initially, that wasn't actually true. Uh, people just kind of threw that out there. Um, it sounds like Disney wanted 30% and Sony offered, I think, 25% of the movie profits. Now, granted, Disney already gets all of the merchandise profits. Right. Like, and they even get a chunk, I think, of, like, the video games and stuff, which Sony is making those Spider-Man video games. Right. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of money greed on their part by Disney, I think. But um, that's beside the point. The, the main thing is that this contract, this agreement that they had, I guess it was up for renewal six months ago. Mm -hmm. And then now this is kind of just it, it coming to a head. Right. Um, it was, a, a, you know, Kevin Feige released a video for, I think, Entertainment Weekly saying, like, uh, this was never something that was going to last forever. You know, they always kind of assumed that it would probably end one day. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate that it ended the way that it did, which seems a little like it's souring it a little bit. Um, should have been probably a little bit more professional. Right. Um, but it does sound like this was something that was kind of coming in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, I think the, the fan in me and the, and the, and the, the filmmaker in me that saw what 
Sony has done without Marvel's help uh, is like, well, what are you guys doing? Because Venom was the worst movie of last year produced by a large company. And you, you, I mean, they didn't have like, what people don't understand is people are like, well, Sony made into the spider verse. Well, yes, Sony as a whole made into the spider verse, but the live action the animation yeah, department, is the, the departments really, are separated. Yeah. And the, Live action producers had nothing to do with the animation side of the those producers. Like it's not. It's like it's totally two different things. Right. So to say that oh yeah, but Sony made the best Spider movie ever. Well, you're technically right. Sony did, but the same producers and crew for the live action did not make that's the correct. same movie. So overall, though, I mean, like, what what's your initial like kind of bum out about it? Well, my bum out is is that, um seeing spider-man show up at civil war was such a highlight i mean i mean as you know i have a a soft spot for spider-man because he was my son's favorite so um and is rapidly becoming my favorite though you know it's a close second to tony stark obviously who by the way won the disney legends award there was three people that that got it, and yeah, he, him and John Favreau, right? And, uh, but so I think to to answer your question, what sours me the most is is that they couldn't get it resolved, right? Like, uh, hang on, it went so far as to like all of a sudden because Sony's tweeting about it, yeah, and it's like, that's, come on, that's the world we live in now. Well, and that screams ego to me, yeah, and and so. Again, I wasn't in the meetings. I wasn't, I'm not close to any of those people that are having those conversations and making those decisions. Um, but I am a fan and I'm a consumer. And so I do play a part in this as we all do. And I think what we've seen with the development of the Tom Holland era Spider-Man is been really good. And right. And I think it's because of the collaboration and the working together. This goes back to the conversation we had with Mark when we were talking about community and things that go really well is when you have you have collaboration and you have involvement and you have everybody getting um, working together. Yeah. In, in the project in the in the front end and and so what saddens me most. Isn't that Spider-Man's not going to be in the MCU? Because to be completely honest, I believe that will eventually get resolved. I think the problem that really hits me the most is is that you have grown-ass adults that can't get together. They can't can't get it resolved. Yeah, they can't get past the ego. and, And, you know, you're talking billions of dollars in, in, in play and... Um, I mean, it, this was the only financial success, financially successful movie from Sony this year, uh, aside from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that's just because that was a low-budget movie. Sure. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I you know, somebody, one of my um, film school friends, he's a screenwriter, um, Austin, he, he hit me up. He texts me and he goes, Did you, have you heard? And I'm like, heard what? Oh, no. The day that it broke. And 
he was like, just go on Twitter and and then at me because <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Like I was like, it, it took the air out of my lungs and I was like, oh, this can't be happening right now because I really, I, I, I wanted uh, at least one more. Oh, because for especially sure. Especially with the setup of the last movie. Well, know? so I read, I, you know, I went on and I read a bunch of stuff and then my, my response to a bunch of the tweets were, this is breaking news. Disney just bought Sony. Right. <laughs> Which, you yeah. know, it's not, I mean, they bought MC, they bought Marvel, they yeah. bought Fox, they bought I, the, you know, we, DreamWorks. The weird thing I mean, about all of this is that the Sony, the Hollywood side, the movie side of Sony is like their least profitable because the Sony, you know, TVs and electronics and then PlayStation, obviously, that's where their money is. Right, yeah. And it's amazing that they're like not looking to kind of get rid of this. There's somebody over there that's still holding on for something. I don't know. But well, if Disney offered enough money, even just for the, the rights. Yeah, that's I mean, what I think happens. I think they buy the rights for Spider-Man. Yeah, they give them a billion dollars and be I don't, here. I don't know if they make a play for Sony Pictures, which is possible. Entirely possible. It is possible. I don't think it's going to happen, though, just yeah, because... I don't either. Could you imagine the image that that would hold? I mean, you already have the memes from when they bought 20th Century Fox. I can't sure. even imagine the outcry and even, even like, kind of the the legal issues that you're going to run into with Congress and stuff about becoming a monopoly now that you own two other major company i mean it's now it's but, now getting uh, but are they but is it really i mean well i mean anyway yeah so we've now digressed into what we would hope to stay away from but yeah we'll <laughs> see i i don't think they'll buy them i think if anything make a play for they'll the make rights. a play for the rights yeah and yeah Sony, I don't know. I don't. Uh, uh, I don't know what it would take. It would take a billion dollars, probably, for Sony to even consider it because they just m they didn't necessarily. Make I think it's a more billion. than that. I, I think, think it's so. more than yeah. that because I mean, you're talking about a franchise, right? It's kind of the only one they have. They and have Men in Black, which failed this year, and then yeah. they also have uh, the Jumanji, and that's about it. I yeah, Jumanji's doing pretty well, but I can't. But franchise, I don't know how. I can't think yeah, of any other ones. I don't. Yeah, that's a good. Good point. They don't really have that, you know, that pedigree. Like, well, I mean, even even the other ones that I'm thinking of, like Alien and stuff like that's 20th Century Fox now owned by Disney. So it's hard right. to say, you know, what what else their bread and butter, their their uh, their golden child would be if they lost Spider Man. That's yeah. pretty much all they have. I mean, Disney has the money. I mean, they could make a play for Sony Pictures, um, but yeah, I think I don't know if that. Uh, that's more a gobble up all the the rights for certain things like the same play for Fox, you know, yeah. and then they ended up dumping all the RSNs and um, sports and that type of thing. So it wasn't a total takeover, but anyway, um, okay. I'm, I, I've gotten that out. I'm, I'm, I'm still sad. We're moving past that. But what, what have you been uh, watching? You've been watching anything? Doing anything? well. Last week I talked about Mindhunter, so I was going to get into right? that. I'm a yeah. couple episodes into it now. Man, it's it's so good. It's so moody, and uh, nobody does like atmosphere quite like David Fincher. Mm, yeah, and it's great. I think it's really good. Um, you should check it out. And it's on Netflix, two seasons now, and yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, the other thing that I watched was. 
uh, a lot of MasterChef. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, that's kind of like my, uh, I don't know if I would call it a guilty pleasure, because it's actually good. Like, it's actually kind of amazing, like, some of the foods that these these untrained, like, professionally untrained people are making. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of, I don't know, it's a little inspiring kind of in a way. There's so much, like, um, reality TV that's very much kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's a hard to watch because it's like people getting hurt or the emotional or yeah um you know it's all about the pain um or the the back talk or the fights or whatever and this is like just straight up about people kind of trying to you know i don't know live their dream and it's kind of i don't know i like that part of it um and then it's just it's shot well like it's beautiful the colors and stuff and everything i don't know what they shoot it on but um, i just really like it and then another show that i was watching uh, it's on Netflix. It had a bunch of seasons, but then now, for some reason, it's only got two on there now. Um, season 10 and then season 15. I don't know where the other ones went. <laughs> um, but it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, but it's called Grand Designs, and mm-hmm. it's the show about this guy. Um, uh, he's from some part of um, Great Britain. I'm not really sure where, I think. Um, but he's an architect, and he'll go around these, like, incredibly ridiculous you know builds and he'll follow them for like years sometimes uh, as these people are building these homes and going through um the financing and everything and then designing and all this stuff and so many times it's just like yeah we we want to save some money so we're gonna you know project manage ourselves and it's like that never goes well but these houses that they're creating are just beautiful and in that to me like that's kind of inspiring as well. So not only seeing like this architecture of food, but then seeing this architecture of homes and the creativity of not just getting like a model home and like the, the beauty of these homes that don't necessarily work for everyone, but they work for that homeowner. And that's that homeowner is kind of like blood, sweat and tears and their ideas. Like, I don't know. I, I love it. I think it looks, it looks beautiful too. Like, of course, like there's so much um, cloud coverage and everything. Like the shots just look great, and the house designs are amazing. Like some of them are just insane, like multi-million dollar homes. Um, so that, like MTV cribs, but but not with like I don't know. It doesn't have that stupid swagger feel uh-huh, to it. It's yeah. very much like an architectural uh, show. Cool, like if, yeah. if you were watching like Frank Lloyd Wright go around different homes and talk about the process of designing that home and then like seeing it being built like it, it's just it's awesome I, I i would recommend it it's definitely an easy like chilling out on sunday doing you know housework and it's just on type of a show like it's, yeah. it's really great um, yeah that's cool i think it's awesome but uh what what about you what you've been watching oh uh, man i've been okay so my wife's been out of town for a week so i've had the controller all to myself well not entirely true i have had to share it with my my daughter Sydney, um, but uh, I've had the controller, which has been good. It's not a lot of osmosis this week, no. Uh, no. <laughs> so, um, I've watched Megatomb, which was the documentary on kind of the building the the new building over the top of the Chernobyl right. facility, which is kind of like this architectural wonder. I mean, it's the largest structure that's ever been built that's mobile because it's on it's on a track. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so they had to build it. They had to build it like three or four hundred yards away from sure the thing because the 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 
yeah, radioactivity is still oh, still is so is still an issue. So they had to build it. And I guess it started back in 2015, I think, 15 or 16. Um, maybe, maybe even early, I can't remember. But it, it's pretty amazing. It's like this 40-ton uh, housing that is like this engineering feat right. that, that's on tracks that they then slid it over. What do they make the, it out of, like cement and lead? or? Like- um, well, there's... Um, there's like an iron girder kind of structure that makes the, it's like this big arch yeah, roof thing and it's got some kind of special material in it. That's great. And, and on the inside, there's a special crane that they, there's a crane system that they've built because they have to dismantle the, the original. So what happened, you know, the, the Russians had to build a casing around it and they did, but that casing was only going to last for 30 years. And so we're at 30 years and it's starting to fall apart, which was the big reason why they needed like something that was going to last for a lot longer. Right. And this intricate crane system will go in and dismantle that other stuff and they can remotely um, dispose of the, all the material, the radioactive material in wow. there. So they can, they can actually house it and dispose of it in a, in a safer way than having a whole nother. Um, like a team of people going <clears throat> there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like have, having a whole nother series Jeez. of people die because yeah, of that so or have a whole nother reactor issue. That was part of it is the roof is caving in on the old structure. It would throw up, you know, radioactive dust into the, into the atmosphere and just, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's, but it's it's cool to watch that after watching Chernobyl. Right. So it's, you know, you get to see where they're at. You see what's, what's actually happening. And the, and, and the cool thing about the, this particular is, is that they have everybody working together. You've got architects and engineers from, from France and from, Germany and from all and from the U.S. from all over the world, which is a stark contrast to kind of the attitude from the the document. The, yeah, why, the, why, the show. Why can't we all cool. be just be like scientists and want to work together? You know, I don't yeah. Know. Well, I mean, there's even egos and well, you know, with scientists true. too, whose name's going to get on it, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah, whose name didn't get on it? Right. Like they yeah. Should have been, but yeah. But uh, so yeah, I was watching that, and then I watched. Um, Apex, Apex is a uh, kind of a documentary about hypercars. Oh, so okay. They I, go into. I was thinking of that. Uh, I guess it was Alpha Dog. Sorry, it was some mm. movie about some metal. Oh yeah, dog that. Yeah, not that. Not that. <laughs> no. no. So this is a documentary show on hypercars, which they talk about Bugatti. They talk about um, Koenigsegg. Oh, um, and they talk about uh, uh, Pajani and um, uh, they get into Ferrari a little bit and, and McLaren. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, all the, the well, and they talk about Porsche to the 918. So uh, it's just all the upper echelon of cars and that whole culture and which I, I kind of geek out over. Yeah. I, I love cars, so it's, yeah, it was cool, and that's um, like the upper echelon of 
and cars. and and the technology that they're pushing. Right. The the Koenigsegg one to one. The 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 idea behind that car was um, one horsepower for every kilogram. So you're talking about like this crazy strength to weight ratio. Yeah. That's never been done. And then they they're you know all these companies are essentially competing against each other but they're they're developing technologies that that's getting pushed down in even into the daily drivers that people have and that, you know we don't know about um and the thing that you know and, and talk about ego oh yeah <laughs> i mean ego, ego is what drives that whole no pun intended that whole market and it's totally irrational, totally based on emotion. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's um, who's got the bigger whatever. Horsepower and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the euphemism, and they, sure. And then so they they race, they, they take these cars and, they, and they'll race them on these very famous tracks like the Nürburgring or... Um, and so the issue that came up was... You know, there's these accidents that have happened and then they issue these new rules for the tracks or whatever. Or there's um, uh, sound ordinances. Oh, yeah. And so they they the Koenigsegg one to one hasn't been able to actually prove its its dominance as far as because of the limitations because of, of yeah. these rules. Yeah. And they're like and they're like, nope. The, the track officials won't let, the, you know, they're like, you know, we've got these rules in place for a reason and safety and this whole thing. And so it's a little frustrating because it's like, come on, just buy the, just rent the whole track yeah. for the day. Right. You know, you guys have the money to do it. So, so anyway. There's got to uh, be some other track they can use. Well, they, they did, yeah. but it's not the same. It's not apples to apples when comparing like, oh, we beat the seven minute time that the Porsche made on the Nurburgring. Right. You know, it's, it's like, so there's Oh, that. the Nurburgring. Um, this is not a car podcast. <laughs> well, I, I have an affinity for that. I mean, that's kind of like the pinnacle track, um, for, for auto racing. If anybody's into that, um, that's kind of like, that's the track of all tracks. And I have a special affinity for it because I was hired to do some work there. So um, oh, I've, I've actually walked that track, which is pretty cool. Um, but, uh, and then I've done, I've been diving into some anime stuff. What? Um, yeah. So my son was so, he was super into anime and his face tat was from, inspired from Angel Beats. And so I watched all of Angel Beats. Jeez. Um, he had another tattoo from that was from Invader Zim, so I watched Invader yeah. Zim. Yeah, I watched Invader Zim growing up, and um, which you know these are new to me, and I mean, I'm an <laughs> old guy, so yeah. you know, give me some, give me some slack there, and uh, so I've been doing some of that. Well, what I mean, what, what kind of <laughs> sticks out about the anime to you besides the fact that they're utterly ridiculous? Okay, Angel Beats is not utterly ridiculous. The storyline is is really good. Um, it was really different, and um, I think the thing that really hit, like it, it hit me like a ton of bricks because it was, you know, one of my son's favorites. 
the interesting thing about it is that his, his character reminded me a lot of my son and just the, um, he, you know, like he was, he cared deeply for other people and wanted to serve them and help them kind of navigate through this space. And as the story develops, you'll see how much like he really gives to other people and the outpouring that, that we've seen, you know, is very similar not to mention he kind of looks like him, you know? So, so yeah, it was a, it was emotional. Um, I just concluded watching the last episode last night. So, you know, it's pretty fresh, Um, you know, and then the artwork too. um, There's just that, that I I was a huge fan of initial D, which is like this drifting. I mean, this is old school. You're talking late eighties, early nineties. And, the car animation in initial D is really good, but the, the rest of the anime is, um, uh, it's, they didn't spend as much time on, you yeah. know, and obviously it's, it's a drift focus, um, uh, show. So the cars are what everybody's watching it for anyway. And some of the car race scenes and that's really good. So, um, a bit of a kind of emotional journey on that one. And then, um, but yeah, it's been good. It's it's therapeutic, I think, on some levels. Are you gonna jump into more anime? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's um, you know, just exploring some of the other stuff that he was really into and um but you know, I, I like that culture. I'm into the Japanese culture and that kind of thing, so if you have any anime uh, recommendations for Eric, hit him up on Twitter. Yeah, send, I would love to. Some ideas. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, gosh, I used to watch anime all the time. That uh-huh. was a huge part of my middle school and high school, and then I just stopped. I just, yeah. I, I moved I moved away from it, and yeah, didn't. There's so much of it now, I don't even know where I would go back and begin. I would probably yeah. still just go back to, like, old faithful like dragon ball z like right that's, yeah that's just where yeah. i would go yeah um but yeah there is so much of it now and so many different outlets and Crunchyroll and netflix and hulu and uh-huh. everybody's got a bunch of it so well we're i'm considering i'm considering a as part of carrying on my son's legacy um doing an anime series so oh, like you know we would have I, I wouldn't know the first thing about doing the animation, so we would hire somebody to do it, but, you know, and just coming up with the storyline, maybe just one season, who knows, and see how it goes, but, um, you know, I think it's just, it. it's another way to, you know, tell his story, and... Yeah, it's a cool idea. It's really cool. So, we talked about Spider-Man. Yeah, we did. Talked about what we're watching, and now... Let's go back to, there was a lot of news that came oh, out. Oh, from D23, from yes. D23. Yes, um, there was. What stood out to you? Like, what are some of the announcements? A lot of announcements really? I wasn't expecting. Uh, She-Hulk, a huge one. I wasn't, right. didn't see that coming. Yeah, I was like, Ms. Mm, uh, okay. Marvel's kind of cool. That makes sense, though. Um, you know, being more inclusive. Um, that's a, I believe, a Middle Eastern character originally, um, who's inspired by Captain Marvel. So, but it was just interesting to me that um, a lot. Oh, and then Moon Knight, which is just what, what, really surprising. Yeah, what the what? Um, <laughs> but uh, it was interesting to me because the 
these were all movies for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought they would maybe be TV shows because I wasn't at D23 and I didn't, I wasn't like watching in like a, some live tweet or whatever. Yeah, I wasn't so either. So all I saw was the, the logos and mm-hmm. they kind of looked a little cartoony, which all of the initial logos for the Marvel stuff you know, kind of has like an animated feel to it. Right. So I assumed that these were just animated movies that they announced or animated TV shows for that matter. And, uh, but I was like, what? They're actually doing live action versions of these characters. So those three they announced were pretty, they, I was just kind of taken back. It, it's clear that Marvel's like, we'll do whatever we want now. Sure. Like we can, we they pretty much can. We've, we've made it, we've made Ant-Man work and we've made a talking raccoon with a rocket launcher work. We can do whatever we want now. Right. So yeah, yeah that's exciting to me in the sense of like, you're going to start seeing different stories that aren't necessarily the same kind of what people maybe call cookie cutter superhero movies. Right. Um, you're going to see some really weird characters, uh, Moon Knight being one, and then some outlandish, you know, ideas and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that to me was like, that was the biggest standout was the, the Marvel stuff. Um, well, that was, three. that was the same kind of feeling when Dr. Strange was announced. Yeah. It was like, Okay, I mean, you're talking a really obscure, very kind of like no pun intended, strange character, yeah. and how are you gonna make that work into your formula? And ends up being man, integral. plug and play, yeah. and, and and is and is working. Yeah, yeah, and so a required character for the last three movies of right. the franchise, right? Or the the you know, the saga, whatever. But yeah, I mean, those. The, but we'll see. I'm. I'm it, it, they're clearly taking more risks with this Disney Plus platform. Um, I'm hoping, though, that it doesn't just kind of devolve into this. Um, we've got too many things going on, so we don't really necessarily have enough budget for one. Right. Because that's where this starts to fall apart. Right. Because if these don't feel like MCU, I'm not going to care. If it's going right. mean, to, I still watch Agents of Shield. I'll never give up on it. It's like I got one season left. I'm, yeah. See, I'm I've never jumped out. into that. I've never, I've never made the transition and, from yeah. the big screen to the small screen and when it comes fine. to that. Yeah, so I mean, you don't necessarily need to. Yeah. But even the Netflix stuff, which clearly had kind of a different production right value to it, still didn't quite feel like MCU. Right. There's an there's a there's a look and a feel to the MCU stuff that I don't think the TV shows have ever gotten. Right. And so it always just feels like something else. It feels like I'm reading a comic book that's telling a story in the same universe. So it doesn't quite have that same connection to me. Right. Um, but I, if these look, feel, have the budget, have the writing, have the acting, have the uh, the casting, because I think there's always, there's like, this is a terrible thing to say, but there's people that work really well on TV that cannot make the jump. I mean, well, this is all once upon a time in Hollywood's about is this, sure. These kind of actors. Yeah. And then there's people that are like, Oh, I could see them on the big screen. You know, I right. mean, there, there are certain people that do that. And so I think that casting is going to be a huge part of the believability and the buy-in for the MCU, uh, with this, the, these shows, yeah. because they have to feel and they have to, they have to feel like they're, straight out of a movie theater but there's you know eight episodes of whatever it is yeah yeah and i mean it's it's an interesting time because we have you know disney plus the new streaming platform so we've got 
you know, and we've we've talked ad nauseum about the whole streaming debacle that we're that we're now living in. Yeah. And uh, and then you have that contrasted with, you know, the depth of stories in in the in the Marvel comics that that have never been touched before as far as cinematically is concerned. Right. And so there's a treasure trove of these stories that can be done. And if they're done the right way, which it seems like Disney and, and and Marvel have figured out the right formula. Well, at least Marvel has. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's another property that Disney owns that they haven't, I don't think, but I don't want to, sp- well, go, go ahead and finish your thought. I'll, I'll get to Star Wars in a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, Star Wars. Oh, you don't, you want to finish your MCU thought or you just want to jump in? Well, I'm just saying is, uh, you know, like you said, it can be a, di- a diluted. Yeah, it can feel it, watered like, down. And then it can, it's like, yeah. it's the same thing that, so you mentioned Star Wars. The feel of Solo was... Like when you can see past the marketing and you can see past your fandom and, and smell a conference room full of suits that are just trying to figure out how to milk more money out of a, a franchise. That's bad. Yeah. That doesn't translate into movie ticket sales mm-hmm. and, and something that's going to do well. Yeah. It re- it doesn't resonate I think with that's the with the community of the two solo movies they've done. Uh, I mean, not Han Solo, but the two independent of the main trilogy storylines. Uh, Rogue One feels the most like a Star Wars movie. Yes, Solo feels yeah. like I don't know. I guess fan fiction in a Star Wars universe. Um, yeah. Now I'll admit, I actually like Solo. I know I'm one of the few that did. Um, you hated it, but you also watched it on an airplane, so there's probably right. a little bit of that in there. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. Um, the only thing that annoys me now is watching these deep fake videos on YouTube of people putting Harrison Ford's face on to the actor that played Solo in Solo, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, we could have had this technology like and, mm-hmm. and did this, and it would have been amazing. The, the one thing that he does not get right um is is the voice like it's just not harrison ford's voice i don't know why they didn't try and make that a little bit better but anyways beside the point um yeah i just to be clear i i do not hate solo uh i think it's fine but uh i don't i don't hate it it's it was it was just it's clearly a money yeah yeah it, it wasn't something that the fans were asking for it wasn't something that needed to be told Rogue One was cool because now it connected, it connected the old to the new. You got to. I I still think that that's a story that didn't need to be told either. It didn't. It didn't need to be told. Yeah. But it. But they did it and it worked. Yeah. It totally worked. It for works me. better for sure. Um, I think. Yeah. It so, satisfied the 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 Star Wars itch, you know. So. Yeah. Speaking of Star Wars, though. Yes. At D twenty three, um, Mandalorian looks amazing. Um, it looks trailers look good. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. The Mandalorian yeah. looks, uh, I'm going to only talk about the Mandalorian because I, I, I don't care about episode nine. Um, they did some things and they had a new poster and it looks terrible. 
and it actually ended up being a uh, Hot Toys action figure that they used for the Palpatine background and whatever. That's all I'm going to say about that because I don't care anymore. Um, <laughs> but the the TV show stuff, that's interesting to me. So uh, we're getting new Clone Wars season, uh-huh. uh, which is cool. They'll get to finish their story. Uh, Mandalorian looks amazing. It looks like $15 million per episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the trailer looks... it. it it looked very intriguing. I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. It bought me back in. And I'll, I mean, I'll definitely be buying Disney+. Plus. Um, if, not, if for nothing else than just having the library of movies right. I grew up with, you know. Yeah. Um, but Mandalorian looks great. The Obi-Wan announcement okay. is exciting. I was I'm, like, I'm you said you were that. only going to talk about the TV side and the Mandalorian. Yeah. And then I'm like, dude, the biggest announcement was Ian McGregor. McGregor, I can't Ewan talk. Me. He's a little baby. Ewan McGregor. The sad part is, I know that's staying in. Yeah, Ewan I know McGregor. you're leaving that. In. That's his name from now on. I'm never gonna call him anything else. Anytime it's on the podcast, it's just gonna Ewan McGregor. Sorry, but yeah, I'm, I was like, uh-huh. as much as I don't like these necessarily these spinoff more. Yeah. Uh, but for him to play Obi Wan again, I'm like, yes, yeah, yes, I'll he, I'll take he did it. The character, well, I'll, he's I'll, he's the only good thing about I'll the prequels. See really, it. I'll go, uh, yeah, I'll totally do yeah. it. And and Obi Wan's my favorite character in the Star Wars, so uh, you know, there's that in the Star Wars, you in know, the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars universe, man, in the Star Wars. Okay, we're done. Know. We're done. <laughs> we're done here. Don't but, you got something to do? <laughs> uh, Mandalorian will be cool. Um, directed each episode is directed by somebody uh, different, which is pretty common in TV. But uh-huh. we have John Favreau, uh, Taika Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard actually directed one, uh, wow. which is cool. So um, a lot of different names in there, and then uh, Taika Waititi is actually going to be the voice of one of the one of the robots in it. So that'll be cool too. Yep. Um, but I yeah. mean, they're just you know they're giving other work to the MCU guys basically to keep them busy <laughs> yeah, while they're well, not. A part of that's like, well, we know these guys know how the MCU works and they do it well. Maybe we should try and scratch some of that luck off or, you know, quality off well, in Star Wars. And keep them busy so that when it's time for you to schedule them for the next <laughs> whatever, yeah. you know. You, you, for, for Thor, Love, and Thunder, you, you, you got them around. You you own them, kind of. Oh, that's a terrible way it's to say a, that. It's, yeah, it's not... It, you own their schedule. You, yeah, you I mean, you own them. Yeah, I mean, let, <laughs> let's be honest here. I mean, they can walk away. People have done it. Okay. Uh, and speaking but. of director announcements, Ryan Coogler's back. Ryan Coogler back to MCU. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good. I mean, we, we awesome. all expected it. Yes, we all expected it. But I think it's a very good thing. He, you know, he wanted to wait until. He could for sure do it, I guess. Um, he was working on something else. But, yeah, it, it's good to have him back. I think it's probably the right yep. voice to keep with that yep. with that character in those movies. Um, what do you think about the title, though? They haven't done a generic two, like, sequel title in a long time. Do you think they're just holding off and waiting for a different title down the road? They don't want to spoil anything? Or do you think they're just going to go Black Panther 2 on this? I mean, they haven't done a two since Iron Man. Right. Like, that was the last time they used a numeric. Yeah, and the numeric thing kind of dissolves into like uh not as good as it yeah, progresses. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what they're And even there. Star Wars, you know, Star Wars 4 or 5 6, you know, the people know those numbers, but 
it's really known as a new hope or empire strikes back or, you know, so it's really yeah. more about the, I don't know. I, that's interesting. I, I don't know if they're, they're holding off on revealing the actual because of the spoiler. I wouldn't be surprised. That's right. total MCU feels, feels about on, you know? on brand. Yeah. 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 So I think it'll be good. I, I think he's definitely the right director, as I said, to keep going with that franchise and, um, yeah, having that voice, they've they've done a really good job of finding directors that have a, a vision and a voice while still being able to play nice with you know their overall right cinematic universe. Yeah, um, and they're holding on to them. I mean, John uh, John Watts, I believe, um, is Spider Man, which now that's a whole thing. But um, Taika, obviously, with Thor now, Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, he did Ragnarok first, and uh, now Coogler's back, and you know they, they did this with Favreau originally. It didn't necessarily work out as well, but I think they rushed a lot of Iron Man two because of how big Iron Man one became. Right, um, but yeah, I think it's been overall it's been a very good, um, a very good model for them to go off of. Sure, yeah. Well, in the Eternals, you have Selma Hayek and, and a ton of people in that movie, and um, Angelina Jolie, yeah. And then now Kit Harrington, and then uh, one of the other Starks from Game of Thrones, yeah, and uh, um, uh, Kumail Nanjiani, and yeah, right. Well, everybody people. wants to be in the MCU now. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, it's you're, solid money. You're for talking at least billions of yeah. dollars on these releases. Right. Um, they didn't predict that that's what was going to happen with Spider Man. It did. Um, nobody would have ever guessed that Black Panther, you know, would have done as well as it did when it was first released. And yeah, and um, and and the sad thing is, is that that's just going to become the expectation. Like it, yeah. you know, when like they don't these make billion it, it's dollar like, releases, yeah, like oh, this is a failure. It only yeah. made seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Right. So we're, yeah, I wonder if they're gonna. I don't know how they're going to judge that. I mean, they're going to have to take chances on lower budgeted, you know, movies. Maybe they stick to like, oh, this is only, you know, this maybe is only a hundred million dollar one or 150 as opposed to 200, 250. <laughs> that's, that's so absurd. Yeah, just listening to you say game. that. You're yeah. in the MCU yeah. game now though. So it's, it, it's a, it's a different level of people, right? A different level of budget. I mean, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But speaking of uh, sequels, uh, one that I never thought we would have is coming our way, and that's the Matrix Four. Yes, Matrix Four. Neo and Trinity are back, and um, okay, I'm not excited about the film itself, and let me explain why. Because the Matrix, the original, brought this new bullet time technology because they did the, they were the first to do this this uh, arc array of cameras to create a lot of those effects right so they they essentially created this new technology and and changed filmmaking forever which was really cool um it was really cool for that movie and yeah. not so cool for every everybody movie else that, that tried to do it after and that did it wrong right and cheap tried to do it by the cheap so and yeah that's what i'm most excited about again the filmmaking side of the podcast is what technology i mean we're talking 20 years removed from the first release um of matrix and what do you think there's left to do I, I, you know, I, 
rewind the clock 20 years ago and you ask that same question yeah and you you you're like well i don't know i mean i have a hard time my brain has a hard time thinking of something else i I feel like if if i have been of you know of comprehensible age when the first one came out in the sense of like knowing the filmmaking process i would maybe have an idea of like well yeah it's, it's just slow motion in a circle that, that doesn't seem too outlandish to me, but now we have that. It's like, what what other technology aside from just really good CGI and really good 3D that, you know, James Cameron pitched with Avatar? Yeah. Like, what's our next thing here? That's, I don't, that's what I don't know. It's well, do we see, do we see, does VR and MR and AR or a combination of the three or some new development that could happen Maybe. that changes the entire movie experience. I just, I personally, I don't want that. I don't want that to me feels like, but you can't see, here's the problem with that. You can't say that you don't want that because you don't even know what it is yet. Well, like I, it, know after, that I after, know that I don't want to be in a theater with 200 other people that all have their phones out or all have, to get up and and look in a certain direction or you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there is a, with the bullet time, I didn't have to get off my couch or I didn't have to do anything different. I'm still watching the cinema move the movie. Yeah. With what you're talking about, there's like a third level of activity and interactivity that I don't want. I, at this moment, yeah, I do not want <laughs> in the theater because it hasn't been done right yet. I don't think I don't even think what you're talking about is even known. Like, right? What, what that's you're what I'm saying. Convey it's it's like talking about something, something that, that hasn't. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. The and point is, it's is that hard we to comprehend something that yeah. doesn't exist because right. the point you're trying to make is like, well, what if they come up with something that does blah blah blah? Well, what you're using as an example isn't literally what you mean. Right. What you mean, you have no idea what it means because no one knows what it means. <laughs> exactly. That's the yeah. thing that I'm excited about is what what new thing did they develop? But I don't think that, that they comes do out it. Of I don't think they do it because they didn't develop anything for the theater experience for the Matrix. And I don't necessarily mean the theater experience. Yeah. I, I just bring that up because I think there's I, I I believe there's ways that haven't been discovered yet or developed yet that the that could improve that because that experience, you know, the experience might be lacking. Um, and I know that these kinds of conversations have been had all over the place and there's all kinds of, you know, you know, you've got the D box thing and you've got, um, you know, I've been in, there's at Disneyland, there's that theater where you sit and then there's air that blows in the back of your legs and mist that comes out. So, I mean, it's like immersive, which and that's then, not what I want. And then I've been in, you know, in these VR things at, at South by where, you know, they've developed and, yeah. and, and it's, um, and, and I don't, I, I don't particularly like wearing VR goggles. Because, no, I hate it. You know, cause yeah. they're, they're heavy and they're, they're clunky and whatever, but, and, and I, and that's not, those are just examples of technology in the viewing experience, but what I'm what I'm saying is that I'm excited about what new thing are they going to develop from a filmmaking standpoint, or is it? In a, I just I wonder how much. That's what I'm most excited you know, about. We always as we we as filmmakers and probably audience members too. You know, you 
you connect the dots of the bullet time thing to the Wachowskis, but have they really done anything else technologically like groundbreaking besides that one thing? And then maybe Speed Racer. They did do a, a crazy thing with Speed Racer that I I can't really get into because I don't quite understand it, but the way that they filmed that was was very different too. But now everybody's filming everything like that. And now you have the flex, the phantom cameras and everything. You don't necessarily right. need to. And then you have these robot arms and stuff. Maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if there's anything left for them to do. I don't sure. necessarily see them as the James Camerons or, uh, I'm just, I mean, just like, I mean, I know he didn't necessarily do it all, but even George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, these guys that have like pioneered certain technology via their films, they, right. didn't, they didn't necessarily, you know, put hands to tools to, to creation, but right. it was their idea. So they get associated with it. Um, I don't know if the Wachowskis are visionaries, like everyone kind of claims them to be. They had the one movie if they were, I feel like Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending would right. have been such would piles continued. of garbage that yeah. you know, everybody never saw and hates if they did. And, right. um, you know, I love Speed Racer. They've got a place in that art for a lot of reasons, but uh, it's you know, no one really talks about it or loves it or mentions it. And, you know, the only thing they ever remember them for is the, the bullet time on the rooftops, you know, mm-hmm. scene. And that's about it. So I, I, I don't know if... I guess I'm just saying, like, maybe maybe don't go in with that expectation of some sort of crazy technological yeah, I'm not, advancement. I'm not, uh, I'm not having that expectation, but I'm excited about the possibility. Sure. That's, that's what I'm more excited about. Th- that idea gets me more excited than another chapter in the Matrix storyline. Yeah, the, f- the how they're going to film it kind of side of it sure yeah i mean i that's that's one of the reasons i think the you know the sequels didn't do as well because we've kind of already seen it you know right it wasn't there wasn't really much left to, to doing mean, great great cgi and, and and green screen stuff but i mean by that point 2003 like a lot of people were doing it already and yeah so well and we'll see. and speaking of technology um you know you're talking about you know, the slow motion in the, in the arc type of thing is, is that we had a leak in technology. Now, not, not a super huge deal. However, uh, Canon Australia just leaked the new announcement for the 90D as well as the M6 Mark II, which, which puts um, a 4K native 4k in in uh in the consumer's hands um the 90d i think does 4k at 60 and um it's asp you know the dual sense the the dual pixel CMOS sensor yeah. yeah and um the the m6 mark ii is their mirrorless and you finally get the full hd at 120 in a consumer level camera i'm shaking my head over here i don't care i don't care <laughs> i kind of care the, about the, it because you're telling me though is like that's stuff that camera companies other companies have been doing for five years now sure but you're talking about it at a price point that puts it in more people's hands that 
are are going to create some some cool stuff. Well, what's the price point? Um, well, the price point hasn't been announced. Then how do you know? The 90D is probably going to be in the $1,200 range, maybe. That's too high for most people. Maybe maybe $1,000. $1,200 to go get a Black Magic. Well, yeah, and it overheats. Well, not the 4K. <laughs> That's true. I'm just saying, like, this is this is so freaking well, Canon's <clears throat> MO. I'm yeah. sick and tired of it. I'm <laughs> sick and tired of it. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm so burnout on canon like i don't they they held back on the 4k stuff and sure everybody and they held blew ba- past them. and they held back on the mirrorless and they everybody blew past yeah them. there's better cameras there's better companies there's better systems there's if you're yeah, man just like <laughs> what they would have to i don't know part part the ocean waters for me to care about them again with a camera like it, there's just there is no there's no feature that they're announcing on new cameras that sure some other yeah. camera hasn't already sure. had for three years and it's not yeah again the it's not new technology no it, the leak isn't some kind of earth shattering um industry changing tech that they're they're releasing i think the point is is that they're they're giving more to the the little guy so the guy that can't afford the bigger budget has now access to Well, that to was their biggest problem, different, wasn't it? I mean, with it, the film yeah. side of it, they, they released the C100, the C300, uh, yeah. the C500, and now they're then they start crippling all their DSLRs right. because they want people to make that jump. Right. Well, the reason the 5D Mark II with video works so well is because it only costs $2,000. Right. And now people have a killer video system and mm-hmm. they're taking photos. I mean, most of those people were photo video people. Like, right. They're not going to make that jump to a $5,000 body. No, because that's not their focus. No, no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, they're photographers first yeah. that want to do video. Um, and so then they're not filmmakers per right. se. So and then Panasonic and Sony realize that and they say, well, let's, let's just, do this let's give these people high quality video and we're going to sell some photography cameras sure and and eventually when they when that itch needs to be scratched they make that jump yeah because now you've you've understood a little bit more about video and if you're going from an a7s to an fs5 that's not a huge jump it's twenty three hundred dollars to five thousand you know right I, i mean but the problem with the Canon is that they just stayed behind. They kept right. making the same camera. Well, they were dragging their feet years. for the mirrorless in the whole thing yeah. with the mirrorless that You're Sony the really capitalized photo on. camera company in the world. Well, and you mm, yeah. And why? Why wouldn't you just be like, just release three mirrorless? Let's, let's freaking do it. Like, why wouldn't you just do it? Right. Even if nobody buys it. You're not left behind in that market, and you're now you're now able to spend R and D for the future of that line, as opposed right. to R and D for catching up where everybody else already was. Right, and then you know they take the the whole um, the RF mount now, right, and uh, moving away from the EF mount, which again. It's like it's the right idea because it's the wrong implementation. It's the wrong implementation because now you're. 
now you're now you're creating yet another interface yeah. it's the it's the problem with technology and keeping in in where technology and business collide mm. the idea is is that you got to keep the stockholders happy you got to continue to grow your profit margins and you know so we got, how do we do that? We have to sell new lenses. Oh, well, yeah, so let's make a new buy, a new proprietary right. mount that you need to have. Yeah. You know, we're going to... So you either have to buy a $400 adapter for or you have to... And it's like, yeah. whatever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... <laughs> thank you, Ken, but, for but, what you've done for the last 20 years, 30 years. But I, I honestly hope that, you know, unless you have some sort of innovation that anyone cares about... Uh, you're, you're, you're going in the ditch and I welcome it. Well, I actually, um, I'm, I would consider getting the M six Mark two for what it can do for me because of the size. Um, and the, is that an interchangeable lens? It is an interchangeable lens. Yeah. RF. Uh, no, it is not RF. It's R it's or M, EF? No, it's an M, M mount. It's the M mount because it's the mirrorless and it's smaller body. And, and But the other thing that that is earth shattering about these is the speed from a photography standpoint. Mm. The speed is 14 frames per second, which um, professional level still cameras for many years have been shooting less than 12 frames per second. If you were shooting 10 to 12 frames per second in raw, the, the, that's, that's fast. Is that what this is though? Is it 14 in raw? It's, it's 14 in, in a raw. And it's like, um, there, uh, I have to go back and look at the, the actual figure on it, but 14 frames per second for a camera that's, potentially under a thousand dollars is is pretty amazing though i don't see the professional shooters going out and buying either of these no. two cameras because they're on the one dc or you know so uh, yeah i mean most they, of that stuff is people they're, they're shooting 23 25 27 frames per second now on a lot of those cameras yeah i mean but that's also ten thousand eight thousand dollar bodies exactly so big difference yeah so to get the the speed that you're getting at the price like i'll go and buy an m6 mark ii if the price point's like 800 bucks i'll go get one because i can throw up my bag i can grab grab a, a couple of small lenses and have a pretty robust capability and a pretty small package that i don't have to worry about so now, why would you do that over any other company that has the same features with lenses that, I mean... Well, for because the Sony's a little bit more expensive. Um, again, for the we, don't, we, don't, we don't know what the price point is yet on these. So, um, I know the M5 comes in at $599. The M6, I think, is like 7 or 899 So, the Mark II you know, it's probably approaching a thousand bucks or more. But mm. if, like I said, if it was at 800 bucks, I'd be like, all right, I'll do it. I guess there's just, there's, to me, there's a lot of, there's the Sony a6500, the a6300, the sure. Fuji X-T30, um, all at that price range. But what, to to be completely honest, what I'm really considering is the Panasonic GH5 
mm, or the GH5 yeah. II. And the reason why is because it's a micro four thirds and the the sensor on the X5 is also a micro four thirds. Oh. So then. Really? Yep. That's. Ugh. <laughs> I know you're not a fan oh of that gosh. format, but. But that's um, so expensive for a micro four thirds. It's it, it uh it's just blowing my mind that they're still doing <laughs> this. Like more information you tell me, the more I'm just getting frustrated because Well that's technology, you right? You can buy Super Thirty Five, Sony's and Super Thirty Five, Fuji's and Super Thirty Five, Olympus's for that price range. And yeah. a mirrorless like I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Whatever. Yep. I'm sorry. No, sorry, you're not everyone. you're not sorry. And you know what? We should talk about that. We should have an episode where we break down the different sensor sizes yeah, and, that's, and that's fine I, I don't i don't mind doing you that know because all. i think there's there there is i know there's a lot of podcasts and a lot of videos and a lot of information out there and people want to dig they can they can they can get it but i think there's some myths about sensors and sensor sizes and the features that those sensors bring that um that need to be debunked yeah right like yeah like full frame isn't king and if you tell me it is, I'll punch you in the throat. <laughs> and it, it also doesn't necessarily mean greater depth of field either. No. So that's another, you know, thing that needs to be. That also means you shouldn't have everything as shallow as it possibly could be in your videos, which I think is a trend that's luckily dying down. Right. It was really popular with the 5D Mark II and Mark III stuff, but it up dying. Yeah, and here but we it seems like it's going. And on, here so. we are, week three, in another gear podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's part of the world we live in. It is, and I think it's it is unfortunately something we have to talk about. I mean, unfortunately, meaning having to talk about Canon. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm over it. Like <laughs> color science is fine; it looks great. Um, your features suck, and you're ten years behind everybody else, and it shows. Well, you know, it's funny because for many years, Canon was winning the color game. Like the the color, it, it just they were yeah. We like kind of talked about this the color week. profiles yeah. from Canon was was king, and where Sony was winning was in in the low light. Like lo, yeah. Sony was just crushing it in low light. But now, I mean, everybody's got something. you know we come off the Vericam demo and and that's Panasonic and they're crushing the low light and and the color looks amazing. So, um. One company over the other, those lines are getting blurred now. It's like I wouldn't say that Canon's the color king anymore. No. Um, At least not for video. Yeah, not for video. Yeah. And, and and I wouldn't say Sony is the low light king anymore, though, you know, it's um, no. as as can as technology continues to progress and push forward, you know, those lines are, are going to blur even more. Um, but the frustrating part of it and the exciting part of it all at the same time. Yep. And speaking of incredibly frustrating parts, um, I replaced an FS five screen last week. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so we have, uh, we have five FS fives here Yeah, and, uh, two of them go out during the weeks and well, five, four and one Mark two, right? Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. yeah if you were getting technical, sure. Um, one of the Mark ones, uh, if you will, uh, screen got cracked, LCD, you know, uh, spidered out 
And so I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just replace it. How did that happen? By I don't way? know. Um, it, it's really weird because there is no visible signs of, of, of droppage, nothing on the, no <laughs> scratch or anything on the, on the LCD panel itself, or I mean, not the panel. Yeah. Actually the panel itself or the screen protector or the frame. And right. Everything. There so, was no scratches, no, no dings. No, yeah. it was just real strange. So uh, it must've gotten hit just right with something. And then right. just, that was it. Um, or it got folded back a little too far in the wrong maybe, direction. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe somebody yeah. snapped, you know, grabbed it and it bent it or something, and it just popped. But uh, anyways, uh, I mentioned frustrating because I had to take it apart like four times. Um, well, it wasn't four; it was three on camera. Right, uh, one, one off. <laughs> well, camera. three times. Oh, and yeah. then we got to go back and yeah, do it again. So, right. Uh, anyways, I'm going to be putting up. Uh, we'll be putting up a video on the easy podcast uh show at, on what? youtube uh, because i was We're trying gonna get to find video <sighs> yes Aaron. filmmakers gonna, doing video, filmmakers doing video not just audio, I know. <laughs> um but we're going to put up a video of me replacing this screen shot by uh the lovely eric thurston well you set everything up i just kind of came in and well, that's how that works though, did some it? pans and i guess yeah I mean, that, that's, that's how a production works. Somebody comes in. Does, I mean, you did all, all the DP you, and work and made it look really good uh-huh. with the lights and everything. Yeah, well, we'll see how good it looks. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll be putting that up because I, I, w- I went online and I went on YouTube and I was like FS5 LCD repair or FS5 LCD replacement. And I couldn't find anything within the first two pages. So I was like, yeah. Somebody needs to see this. Somebody needs to know because I ended up going on to a Facebook group and being like, hey, how do I get these screws out? Yeah. Uh, and, and then I got the information that I needed, but I shouldn't have had to have gone that far. Smart ass remark uh, with the screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I'm yeah, no, it's good. It didn't happen. Yeah, it's good. Um, so where did you have to order that replacement? Got off eBay. Oh, it was 60 on eBay. Bucks just yeah. for a little panel. Not so bad. Super easy. Because um, that would have cost hundreds of dollars if you had oh, to send it if back. If you buy the whole new panel, it's six hundred and eighty dollars. The Ooh. whole the whole unit, okay, plastic and cable and everything, right. six hundred eighty dollars. Uh, if you want to just send it off, it is I think an initial one hundred and eighty nine dollars service fee from right. Sony, and mm-hmm. then an additional parts, which are going to probably be double right. what I paid on eBay a for a couple it. hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it was it was worth doing, worth seeing if I. So could you're do. wrapping you you. you it, they probably price it just under the whole new so that they people will just go, all right, let me just not deal yep. with that and buy right. the new one. I guarantee that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, I We had something from some other company a while back. I had something I had to send in for repair, and it was like almost as much as buying. Like I think it was like the logic or the motherboard or whatever in, mm. the, in the unit, and I was like, I could just buy a whole new one for 20 more dollars. Right. So I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was kind of ridiculous. But that that's technology, isn't it? Yeah. But no, it's cool. Um, well, I think the cool thing about this was is that you saw a need, not just, hey, let's fix what we need to fix. But um, in, in this day and age, YouTube is a huge platform for helper content. And... Um, and at in that way you're giving back to to the to the FS5 community you yeah. know which is cool. They've helped me on quite a bit of things and one thing that like kind of just stood out to me is that if I wasn't able to find it in 30 seconds to 2 minutes of looking on YouTube then it's either just not labeled wrong or no one's done it. Right. Um and that's kind of amazing to me that 
no one has done it. Um, but at the same time, I get it. You got to replace it and move on. You got to, and you're probably the camera that you would be recording the tutorial right. with. Is, is, not everybody has five FS fives at their disposal, right? Yeah, you know, on a weekday. So, yeah, uh, grabbed one, set it up, and actually we shot on A7S two, but that's beside the point, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, we have a bunch of cameras sitting around here. So it was still Sony. It. So yeah, that's true, but uh, not Canon. Although the Canon lens, yep. So whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> And anyways, uh, look for that on YouTube. We'll uh, put that out there. Hopefully, it'll help some people out. And, um, yeah, it should be pretty short. I want to keep these really short. I don't want to do these long 30-minute tutorials about how to just get to the meat and potatoes. Right, not unless, it, not unless 30 minutes is required. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't need to be... Yes, I'm yeah. with you. You, on you that. understand yeah. how to take a screw out of, a, right. you know, yeah. like come on. So you don't need we'll to just watch. get through it, um, and and it'll help you out where you need to. You can always pause it. It's you know, it's the internet. It's not live streaming, right? Uh, you can always pause where you need to. Um, but yeah, hopefully that helps out some people. So uh, look for that in the coming weeks. Yeah, and save you five hundred bucks. Yeah, it's just sixty bucks on eBay, man. It mm-hmm. was super easy. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll help you out, guys. Um, I think that about does it for this week, though. Yeah, you sure? Yeah, I don't want to talk about Star Wars, so we're going to move on. I mean, I'm going to huh. talk about the TV show, but... Yeah, a little bit. That's it. I don't want to talk about it. You don't? You're I don't, done? I don't want to. I'm done. You're done. You look like you're done. Oh, I'm so done. <laughs> <sighs> My childhood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm going to leave that in there because I think it's funny, but it is. I'm actually just kidding. I, I just think that uh, it's great. They there was a lot of potential um, with Disney buying Star Wars and a lot of options that they could have done. And um, I don't think even The Force Awakens, I don't think, is uh, is capturing that potential initially. Um, a lot of options that you could have done. Um, a lot of fresh takes that you could have done. I know Mandalorian, you know, has a lot of visuals, um, uh, you know, the Boba Fett armor, the Mandalorian armor being the big one um, that's very much like a, a callback to, you know, old Star Wars. But um, there was so much about that Mandalorian trailer that it felt fresh and new and interesting that um, it's what I've kind of been expecting out of the Star Wars movies in the last, you know, six years. But um, hopefully they figured it out and hopefully it's these TV shows. Well, so what do you think it is, though? I mean, they they bought Marvel. And that went swimmingly well. Um, they bought Star Wars and not so much. Well, I, I think the biggest thing that a lot of is people because don't... because Kevin Feige's over That's the MCU. easy answer. That's yeah. the easy answer. Yeah. Um, you can always blame it on the producer. Um, I Honestly, I think it has to do with there being a prior audience. The MCU movies, there wasn't a prior audience outside of the comic book readers. There right. There wasn't really... There wasn't an Iron Man movie before. There wasn't I mean, you had Spider-Man, though. But again, that brings us full circle back to the whole debacle over the over the rights. Well, I mean, they did two Spider-Man movies while MCU was still going, and those right. bombed. Right. Um, I Honestly, that has more to do with the previous audience, though. I mean, you have Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire ones. Those did really well. They did because they hadn't been done before. Right. So and now then you have the Andrew Garfield ones didn't do well because it had been done before, literally just like six years before. Right. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and it it's, again. yeah, and you told the same story yeah. right. with a different actor right. and it was too soon. And it was So it, the it, big difference yeah. with Homecoming is they 
didn't tell the same story. Exactly. And I think story is obviously that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. Um, story tells, you know, the audience what they need to be thinking and feeling yeah. in those moments. And I think Homecoming does a much better job of that as a refresh than the Andrew Garfield ones ever did. But with Star Wars, you have already this 25, 30 years, 40 years. Right. Of audience. Right. And expectations. Right. And hatred from the prequels. Right. So there's this built up burnt bridge already, which that's right. ironic, built up burnt bridge. But you already have that working against you. And yep. then now you go and you try and do something, what everyone just refers to as, well, last year I was just trying to be different. I get that. If it, if it was and it did it really well, I wouldn't hate it. But there's so much about that movie that just doesn't work on like a story, right? Like script writing stance, like right. I did that I don't like. Yeah. Um. And it's not just me being the Star Wars. No, fan it's boy. not. Like it there's so much of it yeah. that just doesn't make yeah. sense. Of like, why would you have done that? Even just from a story, even if it was an original story, had nothing to do with Star Wars, I would still probably not like it as much. Right. Um. Just because it's it just doesn't. There's so many, so much of it doesn't make any sense and doesn't work with pre-established characters, and it, it just—it's a whole—it's the whole thing. And if you like it, that's fine. I just—I don't. I don't like it. And even in the Force Awakens, it feels very much like just the same old kind of thing going back to what we know. Well, it was forced. Oh, <laughs> 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 it'll be here all week, folks. Um. But with these TV shows, I'm hoping that because they're they're TV, they're going to be like well, streaming, whatever you want to call it now. Um, I'm watching it on my TV, I guess, so it's still a TV show. But yeah, it's at home. I'm hoping that it's going to give them more flexibility to have the look and the feel, the atmosphere of a Star Wars movie or story, but still doing something fresh. And right. that's what the Mandalorian, that's the vibe I got from that was like these, these shots that they had were the, the atmosphere and the vistas and the, like the spaceships. And it just felt, it felt fresh to me. It felt like, it felt like what I wanted force awakens to be, you know, giving yeah. me these other stories yeah. of this world. And I don't need to see the same rehash of what we already saw three times now. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it just feels it feels different in a, in a good way, and I and I hope that that's them correcting their path is just doing these TV shows now, and and the, that gives them more freedom to because there isn't this box office expectation now. It doesn't matter anymore as long as you're getting subscribers. Now you're in the subscription model, right? And you're not worried about the opening weekend and right. did we hit a hundred million opening weekend? No. Oh well, then it's a bomb. Mm -hmm. Now it's did we get a hundred million subscribers? And those subscribers can all subscribe the same day as opposed to different dates of release for a movie. Right. And, you know, you're pulling in more, you're putting more eggs in different baskets mm -hmm. in this way because now people are going to subscribe for Star Wars only or just MCU only or right. just whatever. Right. And I think that's going to give them a lot more freedom to tell more interesting stories, I'm hoping. With the stars, because that's what I want. I want, I want, I want to feel like the Star Wars universe, Star Wars universe, but not be the same story I've already seen twice now or three times. Or 
you know, to quote Tony Stark, part of the journey is the end, right? And maybe there is an end to that franchise that, and it's okay. Like it's okay to walk away from it. It's okay for it to end. And I think that's one of the things. Well, and, and I think that's the lesson that we need to learn from Endgame is there's an end. Like the, the end game is essentially the end of the Iron Man story arc. Um, and, and you could argue the end of the Avengers story arc and Captain America. Right. For sure, yeah. Because you've got three OGs that are gone. Um, but I think what people need to feel that it's the end is okay. And, and it's part of it. It's part of the story. Part of the story is the end of the story, right? You, when you read a book, there's a yeah. beginning, there's a middle, and an end. But books don't cost four billion dollars. That's that that's true. But you know, in in life, there is birth, then you live, and then you die. And so that you know, these stories, um, and the tradition of storytelling is you do you you do tell those stories to the next generation and and then they can carry that story on but but they carry it on through their lens so it it morphs and changes to some degree but there is an end there's an end the only end that Disney's <laughs> going to have for this is if it just doesn't make any more money anymore, and then they'll stop. And that's it. the end. I mean, and that's the end from a business we're standpoint. We're years but from that. We're <laughs> we're twenty years from that happening. Sure, and and people want a new, fresh story, and just like I mean, you, you spent a good part of t- that that discussion. Like, I want to see something new, something fresh, and um. And maybe that's a new story. Now, could it be in the same universe? Yeah, sure, of course it can. But well, I mean, it sounds I think, like they're ending this the 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 movies with this one. Yeah, but well, I, I doubt it. But I think there's a fear. There's a fear of the end. Oh yeah, for sure. a lot for a lot of you know, and well, businesses. Yeah, yeah, you have a model, and yeah, but Ford can't stop selling cars, although they are. But right, yeah, no, it's just <laughs> trucks and the Mustang, right? Pretty much, and, yeah. And so, um, so there's a there's an end to an Apple at some point. You can mark my words. At some point, aren't going to sell computers anymore. Yeah, you're probably right. There, there'll be an end to that because either a the market's so saturated, or b they can't continue to. Uh, milk, <laughs> the, they'll make a product that lasts. I mean, I I still have a MacBook Pro from 2007 that's yep. still plugging along. Yeah, um, that doesn't fit into their business model of continuing to grow that profit margin. Right. Um. So, do they make a product that's subpar that fails after two years, which then taints their reputation, and then? drives the price down. I mean, there's an end. I mean, but at what point does it, does it need to end? Like what you, you have, there has to be a resolve. Like, okay, you're the first 
trillion dollar company and and preferably the last um there it's not sustainable that you know to continue and to continue it's like it's more and more and more and more and more and faster and faster and faster and faster and smaller and bigger and greater and i mean it's right there it's part of the life cycle there's a beginning and an end and we have to be okay i'm sorry i'm getting all philosophical on the sun you know but um star wars just needs to end i mean yes i said it okay you're not wrong um but but i think what's even greater is is that and and i'm in the season right now you know my son's life ended so i'm probably a little bit more sensitive to that idea and and i don't think it was a coincidence that um end game was released in the same year um and just my favorite MCU character also dies, you know, so there's a lot of grief that I'm processing, but I think coming to a resolve in a piece that things end and it's okay. It doesn't, we don't have to be afraid of that. We don't have to be fearful of that. We don't have to like continue to hold on because that's what gives us identity or purpose or, or whatever but just be at peace like, Hey, this, it's okay for this to end. And yeah, it's okay to leave money on the table businesses. It's okay. Egos to leave your, you know, your pride. Let's end that. So (laughs) uh, what just, I mean, this is totally unrelated, but a good example is Tumblr. So, Yahoo buys Tumblr, what, like three, four years ago for uh-huh. like $1.4 billion or right. whatever it was. They just sold it for like $200 million. Right. Like, that's a big loss. That's a huge loss, mm-hmm. but they did it. Yeah. You know, I, and I think that's, we'll see. If the TV shows tank, if they suck as much as a lot of people think The Last Jedi does, that I think Disney's going to just probably you know, take their losses and be like, well, sure. look, we're because right now they're still not, they're not even making money as much money as they would like at Disneyland. Right. With the Star Wars. Like it's just not bringing in as many people as they thought it would. Well, do you see the, M, the, the, the Marvel? Oh, oh, that cool. That's yeah. That's a whole nother topic. But I mean, I just, I just coop, you know, just admit it and, and, and move on and let it die. Right. And yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think, I think it's the end. I think, I think it probably should have ended. I'm surprised it was still worth $4 billion when Disney bought it, you know, right. especially since there wasn't anything in the works at the time as besides like the animated stuff. But uh, it just, yeah, just let it go. It's a franchise. Just Yeah, just let you it know. go. It's not working. Uh, it's not working the way that you wanted it to. I mean, yes, it's making a, a ton of money. I, don't don't at me with that. Like, I get it. Like, it's making a bunch of money. Yeah, but that doesn't, that's not the point. Like, yeah, there's the business side of it and all the money that's being made, but... That's not that if the MCU ended with Endgame, I would be totally okay. Yeah, and it would have made sense and been fine. I'd be totally, yeah. I'd be totally okay, and and because the it was this massive climactic conclusion that we'll probably never see uh, uh, on a scale like that again. Yeah, um, I don't even think and, they'll, they'll do it again. And I and I'm okay with that, and and it's okay to end. Um. Though, you know, as a fan, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to see, 
the next Doctor Strange. I want to see Black Panther too. I want to, you know, I want, I want to see Tom Holland. Um, I mean, they finally got connected with, you know, his MJ connection is 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 finally open. Like, yeah, they're, right. they're, they, the 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 angst there. I mean, I love just kind of the the John Hughes esque feel of you know this last one, and I'm like, okay, this is, I'm I'm. I'm a hundred percent bought in, um, but I don't want as much as you know. I spend the last five minutes talking about the end being okay. I'm not okay with the end coming in this type of you know. Spider-Man ends, which I yeah. know that's not going to happen, but if that were the case, this isn't how it should end. No, and what you're talking you know? about is the story being worth right. told. Right. And I think there's a lot of story being worth told still with Spider-Man. There's yeah. not so much with Star Wars. So right. we'll see what happens um, in December with uh, episode nine. I am i won't be there opening weekend for the first time ever. but uh, I won't be dressed in my normal Obi-Wan outfit, which I have in the past. It's not like just a bunch <laughs> of crotchety old, like, get off my lawn, Star Wars, <laughs> with your... Ugh. Whatever. The, the bummer is like I like the new characters too. I like the new characters. Yeah. It's just under underused, and they still rely on too much of the old stuff. Like just you know, I just want I want those new stories, new experiences, and and less rehashing. Um, I mean, I had FN two one eight seven on my license plate. Wow. My, my buddy just sent me the old license plate from that car. That's pretty funny. From Texas. And Jeez. And uh, so I can't believe on, you got it's on, that. It's on my wall. Well, it's FN two one B seven. Oh, okay. and I almost painted the edges of the B to make it look like an eight, but it looked close enough, and I was like, ah, it's fine. People know what it is. Yeah, at least the nerds know. That's pretty funny. You know. Well, I think that about does it for this week. I think so. Yeah, we've, think we've talked right. at length. I don't know if anyone's even still listening to us rant about this now, <laughs> but um you can skip you can skip ahead to the philosophy or you can we put put time markers in in the story notes so that you know what parts you can scrub ahead to. i'm the, not sure i'll do that for this <laughs> one we were all over the place so uh just either listen to the whole thing or don't if you made it this far congratulations yeah you're um, awesome yeah you're the best thanks for listening and we're still waiting has anybody added us for movie tickets no, not yet. So, like, hey, if, if you uh, if you want to go give us a review, look, we're not buying reviews here. We want honest, legit reviews. Give yeah. us one star if you mean it. Give us five if you mean it. Give us three if we need some work. We we definitely need uh, we some definitely work. need some work, especially <laughs> after this episode. So, um, but seriously, send us a uh, a tweet that lets us know that you reviewed it. Give us your initials for the review, and uh, you'll get two movie tickets. Guys, we're serious. I mean, yeah, we. Movie I mean, tickets. dude, it's you go see a movie on us. We, you know, we're 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 grateful for the yeah. time that uh, that you spend listening. Hopefully, there's entertaining. Hopefully, it sparks some conversation and some thoughts. And uh, at the end of it, man, you listened to an episode, you did a review, and and you got some free movie tickets yeah free movie tickets and we can deliver them digitally so you you yeah, know it's not whatever even, theater you you're need. not even you're not even giving you know your personal like if information you're in, if you're in Scandinavia yeah we can and don't have an AMC global. we'll hook you up yeah with whatever your local movie theater yeah. is it's you know yeah just just write a review let us know tweet at us uh, you can reach us at the Easy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Yep, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Zach Abbotts, and Eric is on Instagram and Twitter at Eric Thurston. And YouTube, 
And YouTube, sorry. And you can send your comments, questions, concerns, or complaints to the Easy Podcast Show at gmail.com. Every time. And uh, we'll be putting up that FS5 uh, LCD repair on YouTube here pretty soon. And uh, that that's it, though. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be off next week, but uh, make sure you check us out in two weeks. Eric, anything you want to say? Easy does it. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.